Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Back afternoon drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us mileisports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you're thinking about dinner, highly, highly recommend you go to the best barbecue place in all of Denver. I've been to a lot of them. Nothing is better than smoking Dave's barbecue and brew. Want to bring in my guy, Dave. How are you, my friend? Good. How you doing, Eric? Good. I've talked about the heart attack before, and I'm just going to describe it. It's a couple of jalapeno cheddar country biscuits filled with smoked bacon, hickory smoked pulled pork, topped with shredded cheese, over easy egg, house-made sausage gravy, served with a side of coleslaw, and I'm guessing a free ambulance trip to the ER. But that, <laughs> But that's not the only heart attack that you have on this menu. Please describe what the Eggerific Burger is. Uh, the Eggerific, I mean, that actually was was started before the heart attack, but it's a uh, it's basically an open face burger. We use a half pound uh, Angus patty, and we serve it on a brioche bun, and we top that with uh, uh, pulled pork, bacon, cheese, and again our our homemade <laughs> sun, our country gravy. So it's it's a uh, it's definitely a mouthful. Have you ever tried to actually pick that thing up? It's a mess, but you know what? Some, some, you got you got to get messy. You got to get into it. You, know? you, you do, you do. So, <laughs> so you get to pick a choice of side with that burger or anything else that you have, whether it's the smoked corned beef Reuben that I absolutely love. Uh, what kind of sides would you recommend with a sandwich like that? You know, I mean, our French fries are fantastic. They and, are. You know, to, to to kind of pull off of that, I think the baked beans just complement that really, really well. Um, you just can't go wrong with those. I mean, it's just it's stuffed with meat and, and sauces and spices, and they're nice and smoky and creamy. I got to tell you something. The first time I went in, I'm like, I'll get the fries. Everybody gets the fries with a burger or something like that. And I'm like, oh, there'll be fries. They were, like, really good. Really, <laughs> re- re- they're, they're hand-cut, right? We do hand-cut them, and then we make a, a special fry seasoning for that. So stinking good. Now, it, we're about a month away from graduation season, and people like to have parties. If people want to cater, what can they get from Smoking Dave's? Basically, I mean, we have all of our meats by the pound. I, I highly suggest going to our website, smokingdavesbarbecue.com, and then you just click our catering tab at the top, and you can fill out a form and pick all the, the meats and sides that you would like, and I'll put together a quote for you, and we put everything together, and, and it's, it's ready to rock and roll. All right. Dessert, and you could just go to Smoking Dave's for dessert. Bread pudding still top of the list. Bread pudding is still top of the list, but you know you got to try our uh, Rocky Mountain beignets. They're pretty darn good. I mean, they're they're very simple, but man, they they are so good. We deep fry some yeast rolls, and we roll them in cinnamon and sugar, and we top them with uh, vanilla bean ice cream and powdered <laughs> sugar. It's really good. Seriously, 
<laughs> Come on. I mean, I, I'm not saying this to say it, but if that doesn't make you hungry, I don't know what will. Okay. Yeah. We're yeah, going yeah, into the summer. You have a location in North Denver, but honestly, if you drive up to Estes Park, you guys are like Starbucks. It feels like it's one on every corner. So when people are driving <laughs> up there, where can they find Smoking Dave's? Well, again, Estes Park, we, we're opening up our seasonal location actually tomorrow. So we do have two locations up in Estes Park, and then you'll pass right by our Lions location if you are traveling up to Estes. And then you can also hit our Longmont location as well. Dave, enjoy your time in Florida. We'll talk soon. Take care. See you, pal. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Caesar Sportsbook has set the over-under for the Broncos at 10. If you had to bet it right now, what would you bet, Mace? And do you think that should be 10? Or would you move that around a little bit? Mm, I think 10 is perfectly fair. Um, I am taking the over because of thing of what we've discussed about their schedule compared with uh, that of Kansas city and getting and getting more games that appear to be easily winnable on the docket. than, for example, the chiefs have, or even the, the Raiders have, but I'm taking the over thinking that they're just going to nudge their way over that at 11 wins. Okay. With that, if you were setting the odds, you were the guy doing it. Where would you set it at? Because I would not have set it at 10. 10 and a half. That's exactly where I would have set it to. And actually, it's funny because I found that from Caesars. And then I, I and then it popped up on my timeline from another sports book. Had them at 10 and a half. Yeah. I was thinking about that in the car the other day. Where are they going to set the over under? I really thought it would be 10 and a half. By the way, uh, the Broncos are tied for the third highest in the AFC behind the Bills and Kansas City. The Chiefs are. Ten and a half. Looking at the NFC, Tampa Bay with their new head coach, uh, eleven and a half. Green Bay, eleven. Rams, ten and a half. Cowboys, ten and a half. And, and th- this is what is amusing to me: the Cowboys are ten and a half. The Broncos, in my opinion, are a better team, and that should tell you about the strength of the NFC versus the AFC, right there. Yeah, a- absolutely. It's, but it's not about the strength of the team. It's I know. also about the strength of the conference, too. I mean, right. That's Green, what I meant. Gr- yeah. Green. If you put Green Bay in the AFC in terms of the strength of the team, where would you rank them? Strength overall? Yeah. Because, that well, we haven't gone to the draft yet, and we right. don't know who their wide receivers are. That's the problem. Yeah. So we don't know. that. To me, they're still a work in progress. Let's see what they do with the wide receiver position. If they go into this upcoming season and foolishly, again, they don't draft a wide receiver, um, where would I put them in the AFC? I wouldn't put them as being better than any team in the AFC West. I wouldn't put them better than the Bills. Um, I would not put them better than the Bengals. I'd probably have them somewhere between 6 and 10. Yep. You, I I was thinking I, I would have him behind the entire AFC West. Yep, I would have him behind Buffalo. I'd have them behind Cincinnati. Yep. Once Deshaun base- Watson starts playing, I put him behind the Browns. Yeah, but the, the whole thing with Watson is how long he's suspended. 
Um, but I'm saying once he starts yeah. playing. And honestly, and I think I, I think they're neck and neck with the Ravens. I'd say tied for seventh. Yeah. The Packers would be the the only two teams in the NFC that I think actually could go toe to toe with anybody in the AFC are the Rams and Tampa Bay. I agree. One's the defending champions and one has Tom Brady. That's I mean, all. I mean, that's all you have to say, really. Right. I, I mean, you can almost pencil in right now. It's going to be the Buccaneers and it's going to be the Rams, barring major injuries for either of those two teams. And then you winning look at, the division. Yeah. Say it again. As winning the division or being in the NFC championship game. Tampa and the Rams in the NFC championship game, okay. barring right. injuries. Yeah. I mean, if Green Bay can't beat, can't get to the NFC championship game with Devontae Adams and uh, Valdez Scantling, how in the world are they going to get there with whatever chumps they put on the roster or possibly rookies? And it's not easy for rookies to have big seasons, unlike Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is, is the outlier. Right, and 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 none of these receivers this year are Jamar Chase. No. Although there's some good ones, but they're not I'll, Jamar. Chase. I'll tell you this: that kid from USC, I think, is going to be pretty darn good. Drake London. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think he's going to be a lot better than people think. He, I think he is the sleeper in the draft. He's a top ten talent. But I, but I think if he goes to the right team. That kid's going to be great. Well, it's funny you, you say that because what if, you know, what if the Packers put themselves in position, maybe with a trade to make sure they got Drake London? You think? Well, I don't think you trade up to get a wide receiver unless it's Jamar Chase. That's fair, but I mean, you're you're, you're sitting there picking toward the end of the first round, and he's not lasting if, that long. You, they, they would. Well, you, that's what I mean. That yeah. if if you if you look at Drake London and say we bring him in, we think he can be a. Uh, maybe not have a Jamar Chase like rookie season. What if they? Th what if he can have a Justin Jefferson like rookie season, which was outstanding in of itself? Because you just mentioned like with the pat, like the Packers, it's where they are. Where they are today doesn't stack up. No, I agree. He got a Drake London, and he was all that in a bag of chips. They then effectively they might have replaced eighty percent of of eighty ninety percent of Devontae Adams. Yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna have to trade up into the top ten and that's gonna cost you a first next year as well. And other picks. I mean you know the way the, the draft uh value chart goes. Where where the Packers are picking but the Packer, remember the Packers have two first round picks though. I understand that. So they can package both of them and not sacrifice a first rounder next year. I, I would not package two first round picks to trade up to get him. Just like I would not pay Devontae Adams or Tyree Kill that type of money. Would you? You're, just not, you're not paying the receiver. It's because receivers aren't hard to find. I get would that. Would you give up two first round picks to, to take him? If you were Green Bay and you and you saw enough in him to where he could be a wide receiver one right away. Because you are, yeah, you are still thinking win now, right? Yep. He uh, he might very well help you win now. Is he your top wide receiver on the board? He's he, yeah, he's my top guy. Yes. Okay. I, I I still don't think that you trade two first round picks to trade up to get him. I mean that's a that's a valid argument, but I think the the Packers unless you're maybe, sure he's going to be a star yeah. and you don't know that. Yeah, yeah, but the pack the Packers looking at their at their receiving core right. They do need somebody who can be a wide receiver one because there's no one in that there's no one in that galaxy on their roster right now. Right. Coming up after the break, 
AFC free agency, lots of trades as well. Lots of new guys in the AFC of all the guys that came over outside of Russell Wilson, who is going to make the biggest impact? Will it be a guy like Khalil Mack, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, Deshaun Watson, Tyreek Hill? Got a long list. We'll talk about it next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport. You can find them in Denver and in Parker. You're not working with some big dealership that is selling volume. It's an intimate buying experience because you know what? Everyone deserves an intimate luxury car buying experience, don't you think? So whether it's a luxury car, foreign car, domestic car, they have the inventory and you're going to get the right car at the right price. They also service all makes and models. They have great finance options. They work with 20 different lenders to make sure you get what you want. Go for a test drive today or find them at rmurosport.com. Danny, we have some breaking news. I just texted him. I've not heard back because I'm guessing he is answering a lot of other texts. Our friend George Carl has been elected into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, well deserved. Well deserved. And uh, I mean, it's a slight surprise that it didn't happen sooner because the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame doesn't necessarily wait for retirement to let coaches into the Hall of Fame, but it's it's an it's an award that's a long time in coming, and uh, certain and certainly uh, the, the body of work on George Carl at uh, uh, throughout his the stops over the decades easily warrants being uh, among the legends in Springfield, Massachusetts. This is pretty awesome. He is the first Denver head coach to ever be elected into the Hall of Fame. Doug Moe. Still is not in the Hall of Fame, but when you look at, and you said it well, Mm -hmm. when you look at George Carl's body of work with other teams, um, he has led his teams to the NBA Finals. And honestly, maybe the best coaching job he did was when he got here to Denver. When he took over, and I can't remember who was for, uh, it might have been Jeff Bizdelic, but I'd have to double check that. It was, he did replace Bizdelic, yes. Okay, his team went 32-8. and Mm-hmm. 32 and eight every year they made the playoffs. And unfortunately for George, he was one of those guys. And, and I'm not trying, but he knows this as well as anyone. He was a guy who tended to wear out his welcome after a while, but mm-hmm. that should not take away from his knowledge of the game, from his passion about the game. And of course, Andrew, I know, you know, this, he is as proud as, of a North Carolina alum as anyone I have ever met. Well, he was actually, believe it or not, at one point considered to uh, to be the North Carolina 
uh, head coach. You go back to uh, 2000. It was it wouldn't have replaced he wouldn't have replaced Dean Smith. It was when Bill Guthrie, Dean Smith's uh, successor, uh, uh, retired uh, back in 2000. And uh, and this was one thing that helped kind of create a wedge between him and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, the the Bucks would not let him out of uh, his deal to pursue that job at North Carolina. Right. And and, and, that, and that was and that was and and that was something he he wanted. And you know what? He, I'm sure he would have been splendid on that level as well. The knocks on George Carl were he had a difficult time getting along with his star players. He rode them. That that's just kind of who he was, but he certainly got results. I mean, he also holds a dubious honor. He's one of the few coaches in sports history to get fired after winning the Coach of the Year award. Yeah, that was it. That was a uh, 2013, right? It was. Yeah, when the Nuggets went a season we talked about yesterday when they went 57 and 25. Yes. The uh the the Ty Lawson Gallo year, right? Yes. And I'll tell you why I'm so happy for him. I've known George since he got here. What I'm so happy about for him is the fact that he hasn't been in the greatest health. And I'm so glad he is alive to enjoy this. I'm not suggesting he's in bad health. What I am saying, though, is I'm so glad that he is here Mm -hmm. to enjoy this moment. He is a terrific guy. And again, his knowledge of the game I don't want to say is unmatched, but it is right up there with the greatest coaches of all time. It is. And by the way, sixth all time in NBA history in wins. Right. As a, as a coach. I mean, this, uh, this only trailing Greg Popovich, Don Nelson, Lenny Wilkins, Jerry Sloan, and Pat Riley. So yeah, George Carl has more wins than Phil Jackson. And a lot of those guys, good friends of his specifically Popovich, which we tell, which also kind of tells you the, uh, uh, how He's not just a terrific coach. He's also a coach's coach. No question. There's a, the respect for his intellect and his methodology, second to none among NBA coaches. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. A lot of moves during the free agency period that included a lot of trades. Russell Wilson, Randy Gregory, Juwan Williams, Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deshaun Watson, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, Von Miller, Matt Ryan, Lael Collins, among others. And, and, And that's not everybody. That's not everybody. And a lot of those guys came to the AFC or stayed in the AFC. Who of all of those guys, unless you want to go off the board for 200, who will make the biggest impact outside of Russell Wilson? Because to me, it's an easy answer. You think it's an easy answer. I'm not sure. It it is an easy answer. When I tell you who it is, and I don't need even I, I need to you sell to you on it. I want you to tell me who yours is, and I want to, and I'll tell you if I agree or not. Oh well, that, that's setting me up for failure. You it's, do that with me all the time. Now it's my turn. It's Matt Ryan. For starters, it's the quarterback you, position. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Why? Because that's my answer too. Well, yeah, it should be. Yeah, yeah it should be your answer because, because not only does he play the most important position, yeah. but the guy can still play, and he has joined a ready-made team. A ready-made that's why. team that. 
That's why he's so impactful. It doesn't impactful. have to go through the AFC West gauntlet either. Okay, let's let's pick a guy outside of the quarterback position. The only reason I didn't pick Deshaun Watson was mm-hmm. I don't know how many games he's going to play this year. Right. So give me another guy. Even though I don't think the value that they're going to get all the value out of the deal they're giving him, mm-hmm. I think Tyreek Hill working with Mike McDaniel mm-hmm. is going to be transformative for that offense and transformative for Tua Tungavailoa quarterback in Miami. I won't disagree with Tyreek Hill making a huge impact, especially with Jalen Waddle on the other side. I'll go with Khalil Mack. Because very rarely is he had a guy opposite of him, the caliber of Bosa, right? I wouldn't even say very rarely. I'd say never. Right. So In par- term, uh, I mean, he, I think I, because he, he didn't even cross over with Max Crosby with the Raiders. Right. So you pair him with a dominant pass rusher and who are you going to block? You could make the case that might go down as one of the greatest pass rushing duos ever. You can make the case if you want to be a homer and say Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware, but DeMarcus Ware wasn't the same player here, although he was effective as he was in Dallas. Right now of those two, you could say Mac is the Mac is kind of filling the DeMarcus Ware role of, you know, he's had some injuries. I wouldn't say slowing down, but there's been accumulation of, of wear and tear, but I think he still has plenty left in the tank. And then on top, then you throw JC Jackson on top of that. I mean, Bronco fans may not want to hear this from me. The Chargers are the best team in the division, in my opinion. Well, they have the most At, talent. Today. They have the most yes. talent. I'll tell you also who's going to make a major impact. And all of these guys will make a major impact. Don't get me wrong. I'll go off the board again, and I'll say Lael Collins. To have a tackle of his caliber blocking for Joe Burrow, and that's what they needed as much as anything else, that's a big deal. It's a big deal, and and to their credit, Cincinnati, Cincinnati as an organization has a history of, how shall we say, being thrifty? Yep. I mean, I think that's a kind way of putting it. And... They have already remade sixty percent of their offensive line with heavy investment, and um, there I would anticipate they will probably, depending on how uh, on how they feel about Jackson Carmen, their left guard, uh, who they who they picked in last year's draft. They may not be done. They may be continuing to add to that uh, with their first round pick pick in the draft, but they understood why they fell short. They fell short because they couldn't protect Joe Burrow when it mattered the most. It was the same thing with Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they loaded up on the offensive line. They they did. Now the, now, the lesson of that, and it's one that Cincinnati may want to have in mind as they go through probably the first few weeks of the season, is it's probably going to take a little bit of time for that unit to gel. And to find and to find proper cohesion and chemistry, but I think by the time they get to October, November, December, they are going to have one of the best offensive lines in football. And if you if you take something that was one of the worst in football, make it one of the best, with the fact that you've got a roster that is still largely ascendant and largely young elsewhere, uh, 
I, I it was you know go back to the discussion we had earlier about the the over unders. I think Cincinnati was a nine and a half on the over under. I gotta say I'm taking I'm hammering the over on them. Right. Right. Because I, because yeah they're gonna have have some tough sledding in the AFC North in much the same way the AFC West teams are going to. But in terms of the roster that they that they have and the and the squad they're gonna put out there on the field, uh. There may be, there are teams as good as Cincinnati. I don't know if I look at any roster right now and say it's better than Cincinnati. Right. All right, coming up after the break, Mike Krzyzewski has a chance to end his career with, hmm. a, with a championship. John Elway did that. Peyton Manning did that. Jerome Bettis did that. If Krzyzewski does that, will he top the other three? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar. What you do in Saturday, highly recommend you go out there to watch the final four. Listen, they have the packages for every single league. Every seat's a great seat. You'd like to play pool? They have a pool hall with 15 tables, live music, Friday and Saturday, no cover and easily the best happy hour maybe in the country. Two for one, wine well and drafts every day, three until seven. Go where I go. Love hanging out with Chad. He is the owner, and he does a great job. Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood, it's got something for everyone. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Okay, Mace. Well, we know the final four is set. I'm guessing you are kind of looking forward to it. It's going to be North Carolina against Duke, Kansas against Villanova. I don't even think we need to get into is this going to be the most highly anticipated national semifinal game in recent memory. I'm guessing it's the most highly anticipated semifinal game in history. We know your loyalty to North Carolina. We know you are a Tar Heels fan. So take off your hat for a minute and your hoodie. Let's say you were not a North Carolina fan. Would you be rooting for Duke? in Krzyzewski's final season to go out on top? Or are you so sick of Duke, you want to see him lose? And I say him lose, not them lose, him lose. Well, I would say this, and again, I'm taking the Tar Heel hat off here. Right. Um, Duke is also the program of Grayson Allen intentionally tripping people. Uh, the program of Christian Leitner stepping, you know, stepping on a Timber Timberlake of Kentucky. Um, I, I'd be, I'd be rooting against Duke. 
So you're over it. So like when Brady was with it. the Patriots, uh-huh. you have Brady fatigue. Anybody else, I'm fine with winning. Yeah, pretty much. Danny, same thing? Um, I've always kind of liked Duke, so I would love to see Coach K uh, win a championship on his way out the door. But at the same time, I do like to root for the teams of people who I like, and I like Mace. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be having a tough time on Saturday. I think I just really want a good game. I don't necessarily care who wins, Danny, but it would be I, nice to see Coach K win one on the way out. Danny uh, Mason has had more than enough joy. Over the last 365 days, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Atlanta Braves, um, let's see, the Buccaneers won a Super Bowl. There's no such thing as too much joy. Yes, yes, for him, yes, there is. We we can't give him another one. It wouldn't be us giving it to him. It would be gross. It would be no no fan should be allowed that much satisfaction. There's, I mean, there there were a lot of lean periods though. Okay, I'll ask. I'll ask you. Just so happens that everyone that everyone seems to be up at the same time. Okay, I'm I'm going to take the lightning out of it. Okay. Oh, oh, actually, rank it. Let's say North Carolina won. In order, what would be your favorite? Duke, Lightning, Buccaneers, Braves. Of like of like of those four. Of, of, if Carol like Carol Carolina Carolina wins. Rank them. Honestly. No, lie. Carolina beating Duke would be number one. Say it again. Carolina beating Duke would be number one. Okay, wait, wait. Let, 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 hold on, wait a minute. What would be bigger for you? Carolina beating Duke or Carolina winning the championship? It's the com- it's the whole thing of Carolina beating Duke on the way to a championship. No, I understand that, but which right. game would mean more to you? Carolina beating Duke or Carolina beating Kansas or Villanova? Carolina beating Duke. Wow. You don't, you don't understand. Look, whoever loses this game is going to have that L on their or hanging around their necks in the rivalry forever or until they play in the Final Four or the National Championship at some point. And it took this long just to have it happen. I think, I mean, the, the chances of it happening again, as good as they are, but having everything in line are pretty remote. Okay. Frankly, I, I, I'm not for years. I have said, I really didn't think I wanted to see this game happen because I, even if like whoever lost the game, they'll never live it down in terms of, in, in the scope of that rivalry. All right. Elway, Manny, Jerome Bettis, all won championships in their final game. I'm sure I am missing a few. If Duke wins it all, would Krzyzewski top those other three? I understand one's a coach, the others are players. But would would that would that top it? I think it would, and it would actually, because of the difficulty of the tournament now, yep. compared to 1975, it would even top John Wooden walking off with a title in, in the national championship that year. Yeah. I, I'd have a tough time arguing for Elway, Manning, Bettis. Now, remember something. Elway and Manning were really at the end. We're at the end of their career. They really mm-hmm. couldn't have gone another season or two. Jerome Bettis, maybe, maybe he could have gone another season. I mean, Chashevsky could maybe. probably continue going if he wanted to, but there isn't a better way to go out. I mean, 
to me, he's the best coach in college basketball history. I've had I've gone back and forth with people on Twitter, and they will say Wood, and that's fine. It was a very different era back then when conference champions only went to the NCAA tournament. I don't know if I know this exactly off the top of my head, but I believe there was a year where UCLA won the championship, and North Carolina State, I think, was the third or fourth best team in the country, and they didn't make the tournament because they didn't win the ACC. Well, it was in um, in 73, NC State was like right there neck and neck, and they were on probation and didn't go to the tournament. And then in 74, it was North Carolina State and Maryland, and, and in the ACC championship, and this was the last, by the way, this was the last year of one bid, of one, of, of one bid per conference, 1974, North Carolina State and Maryland played, uh, an overtime game, the ACC championship that among a lot of other, a lot of people was regarded as the best college basketball game ever played until the Kentucky Duke game in the elite eight of 1992. And literally like the, the three best teams that year were UCLA, North Carolina state and Maryland. And Maryland didn't even make turn, didn't even make tournament because they lost the championship game. And if the, what that did is because you didn't, because you only had conference champions, then the tournament, which would be anywhere from 24 to 32 teams, it was not a minefield like it was because a lot in the bit you had really good teams from the Big Ten, really good teams from the ACC, uh, from even other good team, very good teams in the pack, in the Pac-10, the Pac-8 at the time, and they were all cleared out. Whereas, for example. I mean, you look at the runs that the that that look at the, even the, the run that Duke had over the last uh, the the last couple the last couple of weeks. They had a very tough game against Michigan State in the second round, and then they had uh, and then then they they had another uh, very tough game in in the sweets in the Sweet Sixteen. And in those cases, you were going against teams that, under the rules of John Wooden's day, wouldn't have even. Been in the field. I want to read a quote here from Bob Knight. I've made it pretty well known that I've gone that I went to Indiana, but I'm not a Bob Knight fan at all. But he did do it the right way. And I want to read you a quote from Bob Knight about John Wooden. I understand there's plenty of cheating going on in college basketball. I get that. I don't know if Duke cheated. I have no idea if if North Carolina cheated. I I, I find it hard to believe that a guy like Dean Smith would look the other way. And I find it hard to believe that a guy like Mike Krzyzewski would look the other way. This is what Bob Knight said about John Wooden. I have a lot of respect for Wooden as a coach and how he coached. He was a good coach. But from then on, and I don't mind saying, I don't respect Wooden because he allowed Sam Gilbert to do whatever it took to recruit kids. And one time Wooden told me, he said, I just didn't know how to deal with Sam Gilbert. And I'm saying to myself, I'm damn sure I could have dealt with Sam Gilbert. Personally, I like John as a person, but it isn't just John. It's a whole UCLA approach to recruiting. I think John was called in and told he didn't have to worry about recruiting, that they had people that would take care of it for him. And he is specifically referring to, to then Lou Cinder and Bill Walton and more than a few other guys. Yep. And 
and the interesting thing, of course, Car- Carolina after Dean Smith, uh, particularly under um, uh, uh, particularly under Matt, Matt Doherty, and then it was shut down under Roy Williams. Remember, they had the uh, they had the department that uh, of African American studies that yeah. a lot of players were funneled to and took and and took classes that were sham classes right. as well. So North Carolina is North Carolina is not uh, not not free of that either. What I what you can say for Shashevsky is this: um, not so, I think it, within the rules, he has he has used the structures of basketball in this country very well, and especially the last fifteen years or so, in the wake of him being the coach of the U, uh, for USA basketball on the Olympic level and being so heavily involved with USA basketball that the last 15 years of success at Duke have become, have, have come because of that and the steady stream of one and done top 3 NBA draft picks that has that is, that has come into it but there's but there is no evidence of any any ethical improprieties in that it's just that Shashevsky being so involved with USA basketball has basically built a pipeline yep. of high talent to that university, even though most of that high talent does not stay very long. Kind of like pa- Paolo Bancaro will play his last co- on all likelihood will play his last college game this weekend at the end of his freshman season. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Well, Tony brothers, not necessarily the nuggets favorite, or maybe the nuggets aren't necessarily his favorite. He had a questionable call last night that, Cost Austin Rivers the rest of his night, and we'll also talk about Congress investigating the Washington football team, but it's not just about sexual harassment with Dan Snyder anymore. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber of the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Well, despite that huge first quarter lead for the Nuggets last night, they didn't cover the nine and a half points. Uh, Also, it was a shorter than usual night for Austin Rivers as he was ejected for what he called on Twitter uh, something so ridiculous. He said he's never been ejected for something so ridiculous. Seriously, never. The league got a look at this one. He had the ball at the top of the key and was in a three-point stance with Lance Stevenson defending him. He kind of moved his elbow towards Stevenson to get a little room, but did not make contact, and the officials deemed that that was worthy of an ejection. And uh, many NBA players around the league chimed in and said that it was 
a terrible call? Was this just a terrible call, or does it have something to do with Austin Rivers? Maybe something to do with Lance Stevenson, who's a known instigator in the NBA? Mace? Eric, your thoughts? Oh, okay. Well, um, thank you for allowing me to go first. Uh, you remember that fake slide in college football earlier this year? Who yeah, was Kenny it? Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Do, do you believe that guys should be allowed to fake slide? Because it's the intent. You can't anymore. It's they, the they intent can't. of trying yeah. to slide, but you're faking it. Personally, right. I don't have a problem with it. But that's a rule in college basketball. That's a rule now in college football. Do I believe in intent? I do. Do I believe he was trying to hurt him? No. Do I believe it was an overcall and he should have been ejected? No. Was it worthy of a technical foul because it is intent? Maybe. I wouldn't have had a problem with that. But kicking a guy out of a game, that's taking it way too far. That was it. It was. You have to have common sense on that. And ejecting him for that was a complete absence of, of common sense. But, hey, I mean, Tony Brothers just wanted to remind everybody there were three teams on the court last night. Right. He always wants to be a, a big part of the game, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, and, and we got college basketball refs like that. We got pro. We got NBA refs. We even got we got NFL refs. We got Major League Baseball umpires and on and on. There are always a few of them that uh, believe that, they are part of the show. Just in case you missed it, Congress is reportedly investigating allegations of financial impropriety by the Washington football team, Washington Commanders, uh, Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder has allegedly been keeping two sets of books to track the team's finances. How many more issues need to arise in Washington before the NFL makes Dan Snyder sell the franchise? I mean... Considering all the stuff that has gone on in regards to a chronic uh, sexual harassment, uh, it's amazing that they, that they, that 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 Snyder still has the team. I think the other thing on this is kind of on on another level. Washington is trying to get a new stadium built, and did they think they were going to get away with having two sets of books? They're trying to get a new stadium built, and they want public money to be a part of this. I mean, I think it, I think any organization would be any and any certainly any government entity would be foolish to want to do any kind of business with the Washington Football Team, Please Washington cor- Commanders, whatever they are. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were sitting there when Roger Goodell was talking at the owners' meetings. Did I yes. hear it correctly that Dan Snyder is basically not even involved with the team anymore? He's not involved on a day-to-day basis, although right. sir, although. He what when they had their nickname change announcement, he was there. Right, but he but if he's not involved, he's not involved. But for all the stuff that has been alleged, it's pretty dirty stuff on a lot of different levels, and the owner should do the right thing. But at the end of the day, you have to be proven guilty for them to ship you out, kind of like Stephen Ross. I mean, I think look, I think the NFL would love it if he sold the team. I I don't know if legally. That they, they can make it happen. I think if the I think the, the NFL, if they could get Daniel Snyder to sell it, it would probably be bought by Jeff Bezos of no Amazon fame because yep. he does a lot of business in Washington now, obviously. And I think that is what the NFL truly would love to happen. But there's no there's no mechanism at this point to make it happen. 
Just in case you missed it, this is another thing from those NFL League meetings. The NFL adjusted the Rooney Rule, mandating that each NFL team must employ a female or ethnic racial minority as an offensive assistant beginning this season. Well, I was curious if you had any insight, Mace or Eric, as to why this was limited only to the offensive side of the ball. Well, Goodell talked about that, but you were sitting there, so I'll let you parrot what he said. Yeah, we are in an era right now where most of the uh, event, the, the head coaches are coming from the offensive side. It's an offensive-centric, and in particular, quarterback-centric era of football. And so that is where minority representation has been short. Now, I think it should have gone further than just offense. I think it should have been involved with the passing game. So specifically, not a running backs coach. I mean, I, I think we're, I think should be talking about quarterbacks, or receivers, or some title like passing game assistant, and something something like that, because that's what that is what is desired right now. Are people who are versed in the passing game in particular? All right, that's going to do it for us, Nolan and Danny. Great job, Mace. You are forty eight hours away from Duke against North Carolina. Oh, uh. wow! It's quite a reaction. <laughs> Make it the best possible night you can. I've been good. That was taxes. I've been